Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. How you guys doing? Everybody, what'd you have for breakfast? I, I can't hear you, but you can tell me anyway. Um, oh, I'm so excited to do church in the morning with everyone. Get your Bible out. We're going to go through some scripture today. Um, I'm going to encourage you, if you have a testimony of God doing something amazing in your life, put it in the comment section. Um, if, you, if you haven't heard this, we say it often. I'm going to keep saying it. We live and die by our testimonies. The Israelites, is this going all right? How about I just do this? Is that better? All right. Sorry, getting the sound dialed in. Better? Okay, um, we're gonna we're excited to to be here with you guys. Um, but there, all right. Michael's telling me not to breathe. Okay, got it. That's that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, what did you guys have for breakfast uh, this morning? I had Starbucks eggs egg bites. Uh, part of my morning routine on Sundays. I always wake up. Uh, I usually get to Starbucks and. I can't, I can't go in Starbucks Revival Headquarters, uh, but, uh, but I always go to Egg Bites and, and, a, and a coffee, and I just I get myself centered with the Father in the morning um, just so that I can show up and be full of hope, be full of His words, His heart for the people and what He's doing us, bringing us here for. Man, I'm, I'm excited what's going on. Um, we've had a fun time calling everybody in the church, and um, you know, it's funny, people will say, I don't even go to your church anymore. And uh, uh, the, whoever is calling will say, that's okay. We want to call and see how you're doing. And they're puzzled. They're like, really? Uh, wow, that's, that's, how come I don't go to your church anymore? Anyway, I just think that's hilarious. Um, you know, I, there's lots of great churches. I recognize, uh, man, I, there's so many good churches. But I'm, I'm thankful for every single person that we've got a chance to impact that goes through our doors. And you guys impacted. And so I'm and I can't wait to get you all back in the, in the house together. We should start planning a celebration party for the first day we get back. Um, okay, hey, we've been going through, <laughs> we've been going through uh, an identity series, uh, not an identity crisis, an identity series. Um, although right now, I feel like a lot of us are going through an identity crisis. And uh, what are we who are we? I, I think uh, one thing that's really thrown me up, people ask me how I'm doing. I'll, I'll just share a little bit. One thing that I've been really experiencing in my walk, in my daily life is because I'm such a person of, uh, of habit and, um, and consistency. I, I love consistencies. They make me feel strong. And when I feel strong, I get things done. I, get, uh, I say yes to things that I'm supposed to say yes to. And when I don't feel strong, I, I tend to uh, flounder a bit. And so, uh, you know, I one of the things that's been tougher for me, and I think a few of us for sure, is uh, all of our, our consistencies are thrown off. The patterns that we've created for ourselves that help us win in different areas. Uh, man, I, I like to think it's like a, a padded wiffle ball bat, like hit along the side of our, all of our consistencies and just knocked us down in certain areas. So, you know, what, I, what do I do with that is I just say, God, um, this is going to be a little chaotic and it's going to be a little crazy. And I even talk to myself sometimes. I say, you're okay, Jesse. You're, you're going to get through this. 
all your favorite things um, may not be working the way they used to work, but you're still working. And, uh, and so I just remember like, you know, there's different opportunities available to me. I get to spend more time with my family. Um, I, I make time for more Zoom calls with people I haven't got a chance to spend a lot of time with. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I go to Sprouts and go grocery shopping a whole lot more now. So just any chance to get out. Um, by the way, frozen yogurt is still open. So you can go to Yogurtland. That's one of my faves. But, um, but that's been one area that's been tough for me in this season is just uh, really, really haven't figured out what my new rhythms are throughout the day. And gosh, it's just been, it's been tough in that situation. So uh, to be real, and it's okay to be real. It's, you got to be real. You got to be honest with yourself and the people around you. Uh, but, but to also be real is this, this situation has caused me to be even more dependent on prayer and more dependent on worship, and more dependent on reading His Word, and more dependent on spending time with my family, and realizing it's caused me to really realize what's most important at the end of the day. Busyness really doesn't fill me up, and it, uh, it, can, it can feel like it does, because it keeps you busy. And so that's just been a big thing I've been growing in lately. Encourage you guys to really press into uh, to what, uh, what you need for this season. So we're going to jump in today. Um, let me pray first for, our, for the word, what God's doing. Father, I just, we, we, give you, we give you praise and glory today, God. We lift our eyes up, Lord, to where our help comes from. The author and creator of everything and all of our faith, God, begins and ends with your son's name, Jesus. Lord, I pray for today's word. May it just come straight from your heart. May you speak to everybody through the Holy Spirit, through the, through the screen, whether you're listening on the podcast later or you're seeing it right now live. I, I pray, Father, that your words would touch hearts this morning. I pray that your words would touch hearts. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like I just want to declare this over some of you guys. There's business ideas that are coming out of this time. Some of you guys have business ideas, and you're not doing them because you think somebody else is already doing it, and why would you do it? And I just want to, I just want to speak into that and say that you are unique, and you're uniquely positioned for this idea, and that the Lord wants to speak through you. He wants, to, he wants you to start this business, and he's not afraid to have 10 people doing the exact same idea. So if that's for you, I want you to take it. Um, man, I see, I, I feel like some of you guys, there's some of you guys that are really struggling with the intimacy of the Lord. I want to encourage you, uh, open up to Song of Psalms um, and, and begin just to read through it. The Passion Translation, I believe, has already translated that. And um, that has an amazing ability to open up some of the scriptures. Um, and that will really help your hearts just come alive to the Lord. God, he's an intimate father. Um, yeah, and I don't really do this very often, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and plug this too before I jump in. There's a um, uh, I've been sharing with a few people. And it's really blessed us. I share with Victoria here with running our our audiovisual stuff. Um, there's a series right now called the Chosen series, and um, you know I, I never want to you know, anytime something is extra created, like uh, outside that's created after the Bible was written. Um, you've got to be careful. Different, um, even different translations of the Bible. My, my friend Jay always warns, uh, puts a warning out there when I recommend something because he, he, he's always cautious about something 
um, being put out there for us to study and look at when it may not, when it's not the true word of the Lord. And you know, there's lots of extra biblical things out there that the Lord is speaking in and through, and it's good to use discernment with it. And so always, always when you, when you digest things, whether it's a prophetic word from someone, whether it's a YouTube channel, a teaching, or a series, a, even the Passion of the Christ movie, whatever it is, you always want to look at it you know, with the lens of what does Scripture say? And does it contradict Scripture or does it add to it? Does it enrich it? And so but one of those things that I've been really blessed by, I know a lot of people have, and it's a perfect time for this in the season, is, is a, a series called The Chosen. It's, a YouTube, it's on YouTube. It's actually, there's an app. Download the app. It's all free. It's all funded outside of media. So it's not biased um, by the media bias right now. And it's a beautiful depiction of the life of Jesus, really told through his, the eyes of his disciples. And there's eight episodes. It's... Um, it's amazing, and it's, it's, it's really blessed me. I know it's blessed a lot of people. It's blessed Victoria. It's blessed Michael. It's blessed Tiffany. It's blessed so many people. So I encourage you, um, if you're looking for something to kind of fill your heart with tenderness, it, it really tender, tenderized my heart, and the Bible actually now comes even more alive because I'm seeing a really beautiful representation of what it could have looked like back then. And so it's a really high-quality series. Check it out, The Chosen. Um, but I also recommend you, uh, you watch it with, with the discernment of what do you know the Lord has already said through the scriptures. And so if it, um, feel, free to, to feel free to throw some pieces out if you're like, well, that's not what the Lord said in this word. So anyway, I just wanted to plug that. I don't plug many things, but I, I wanted to sh- shoot that out to you guys because we're stuck at home and it's a good time to binge on Jesus. So, all right, what time is it? We're good. Okay. We're going to jump into this identity series, on, uh, and today we're diving into a new topic. Last week we had Steve Backlund. Week before that we had uh, Rod Williams. Check that out. That was fire. And Steve, man, you're going to listen to Steve a couple of times. The guy just spits out scriptures while he's talking and sharing uh, messages of hope. So we're going to jump into this next series now. Um, call and uh, the next part of the series on our identity as royalty. Everybody say that with me. Say, I am royalty. There we go. E- even the people in the room are saying it. I love it. All right. So we're going to jump into th- this idea of royalty. Now we've talked a little bit about this. in the, When we started the series, we talked about our identity as saints and our identity as righteous ones. Not, not sinners saved by grace, but we are righteous, holy ones. Paul talks, uh, starts his letters off oftentimes saying to the saints in Ephesus. Um, by the way, plug for Ephesians. We're doing a Bible study every Wednesday at 8 a.m. And we're going through the book of Ephesians and it's powerful. We had 22 people on last week. We're doing it again this week. Starts at 8 a.m. I'll have Penny uh, uh, maybe even put the link up if you want. Um, You just got to text the word Bible Joy uh, or Joy Bible. I forget. Penny, put that in. We'll put that in the comments. Um, and then uh, you can get updated on the, uh, on the link for that. But we do that over Zoom. It's been a lot of fun. But, he, but Paul starts off his letters to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in wherever they are. And you know, it's funny that he calls people who they are. But do you think that he knew that not everybody there was acting like a saint? Do you think that uh, when, when Paul calls us holy ones, and the, the holy ones, the, the saints who are, when he, when, he, when, he, when he declares that over a people group, do you think he, in the back of his mind, going, Father, forgive me, I know they don't all act like that. 
Or do you think he's, he knows that he is called to speak out who people are before they are? Do you think he knows that he carries with him a royal priesthood to create with his words, to rule and reign over the, the atmospheres, the kingdom that he's been given reign over? And so Paul actually, I believe what he's doing is he's being strategic because he's operating in his identity. And his identity is one that creates, one that is creative, one that actually is going to call a people group by who God sees them before they begin to act like it. And so, you know, if, we, if you got into a habit when you were younger in your faith is, uh, is, you know, I'm just a lowly worm, more of God, less of me. We talked about this, this idea that we're just sinners, or we're, we're going to sin forever until Jesus comes back and saves us. And we talked about that if that's the way you think, then death is your savior. And Jesus actually um, didn't need to die on the cross. He just needed to come back and bring us all to heaven. And, and I think I love the, the, the transformation that happens when you begin to see yourself not as a sinner that's always going to sin with a sin nature, but actually as someone that was saved from their sin nature, a new creation that was actually crucified with Christ um, and now is raised up with Christ. And that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, the hope of glory. And that now you become the, that same hope of glory. Christ in you, and you get to deliver, you get to be the Christ to everyone around you. And so I, I love this series because I'm in love with helping people recognize who they are. I'm in love with helping myself recognize who I am. And so we start off with, a, with that we are saints, that we are righteous, we are sons and daughters. And, and this is a beautiful thing. But if we are a son and a daughter of the king, then what does that make us? It makes us an heir to the throne. It makes us... Princes and princesses, right? Like we can all be princesses and princes. And we can all be a Disney movie. I don't know. But we can, <laughs> we can all be... Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. But the alarm goes off at least once and I kind of figured it was going to happen. So, hey, this is life. There's no screaming kids, but we have uh, fire alarms. There's no fire though. Okay, no fire. Um, I literally was thinking to myself, I wonder if that's going to go off while we're recording. <laughs> Jesus, we love you. Um, oh, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for joy. I thank you that church is not perfect. It's not meant to be perfect. God, I'm so thankful that we're all getting out of perfect Christianity and into grace-filled, purpose-filled Christianity. Um, gosh, where were we? Oh, we're called to be royalty. And so imagine yourself seated next to the Father. And, and you're next to God. Now, you're not just seated next to him on the throne, raised up. We're going to get to some scripture about that. But you're not just raised up with him. You're seated in the throne room. In the throne room. Listen, if you have a problem with calling yourself the, the greatness of God, if you have a problem, I've prayed with people and I've, and I've listened to the way they pray and I said, hold on a second, hold on a second. I want you to repeat after me. I am amazing. In fact, let's do this right now. Say it to yourself right now. Say, I am amazing. Now some, say it again. I am amazing. I am great. I am wonderful. Now some of you guys have a hard time with that. And I, I remember praying with someone and I said, here, I just want you to say this. Real, just say it real briefly. Just say, I'm amazing. 
and they stopped and looked at me and there was something in them that kept them from believing and agreeing with this idea that they were in fact amazing because they felt more at home believing that they were not worth much. Um, that they were a little bit like they, they were a beggar in some ways. They were a worm. They were nothing. They were, they were in need of a savior. Listen, we were all in need of a savior. We were all sinners in need of a savior. But if you are, if you are in Christ, if you have accepted his love, you are a Christian. You are a follower of the way. You're a follower of Jesus. And if, and, and if you have a hard time saying, I am amazing, then this Christian walk will be difficult. Because there's nothing that Jesus calls us to that does not require you to act like a son or a daughter of Christ. And, and I know one thing, that I am not glorified when my kids call themselves worthless. In fact, you are seated next to the king of glory himself, the only one worthy to save us and to pay for our sins. And you are seated with him, in him, as him, next to the father king. And so that makes you royalty. It doesn't just make you seated on high places, but it makes you royalty. Let's turn to Romans. Romans 5, 7. I'm just going to turn there because it's good to see it in your Bible. Romans 5, 17 says this, Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will, nope, that's Romans 15. That's not Romans at all. That's Romans 16. I, I, that was Romans, okay. That's a good scripture though. I like it. I have reasons to boast. Let us boast in our royalty. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to that scripture. That was good. Oh, therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will presume I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Wow, this was the Lord. <laughs> Resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by the word, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit. Wow. That's a good scripture though. <laughs> oh, See, Paul right there, I love this. He's boasting in his royalty. He's boasting that he walks with the authority of the king in, in the power of signs and wonders in the power of the spirit which is in him. Oh, all right, let's go back to Romans 5. That was Romans, I don't even know because I jumped into it. That was Romans uh, 15 verse 17. Did someone ask? All right. Oh, it's so good. All right, we should just change the whole message. All right. Um, the Lord is speaking to us. Romans, uh, Romans 5.17. For if by the transgression of the one, Jesus, death reigned through the one. Oh, first by the transgression of the one. The transgressions of the one is Adam. This is the one that sinned, the first one that sinned. Death reigned through the sin of Adam. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Another version. For if, with, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Listen, 
What this is saying is it's saying like, listen, if, if, if one died and ruined it for us all, how much more one that died and saved us all and redeemed it all. This is Christ. Much more, much more they which receive abundance. They, that's us. Say they're talking, he's talking about me. Pastor, he's talking about me, that's me. Receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. How can we reign? Because we have righteousness, right standing with God. In fact, we don't want just right standing. We're rightly seated in Christ next to Jesus on the throne. Righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Now reign in life. Reign in life. Who, when, you, when I think of reigning and ruling, reigning in life, what do you think of? We think of reigning. We think of the kingdoms. We think of kings and queens. Reign over the kingdom. And of course, I love this, in life by one, Jesus Christ. How is it that we can even say such, such just lofty claims that we are called to reign and rule? Well, it's because of Christ. It's because of Christ died. And you know, it's, I remember, you know, oftentimes I'll hear people that are kind of having a hard time with this, this, these paradigms of, 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 of sainthood and, and holiness and that we are the holy ones and they'll say like, well, brother, I, 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 I mean, I, I could never do this without Christ. I'm like, well, no kidding. No kidding. None of us could do this without Christ. The beauty is we'll never be without him. It will ne you cannot choose to be without Christ unless you fully like just, and, and you would never do this, but unless you fully choose to be completely without him, you just renounce him. But most people, when they say, I couldn't do it without him, they don't recognize how much they are with him. And so if Christ is with us, who could be against us? Not even ourselves can be against us. And so we are called to rule and reign. Listen, we're not saved for heaven. We're not called to... We're, it, it, a lot of us think that once we get to heaven, then we're going to have all this authority. We're going to have... Uh, life will be better. And, and we'll, we'll be able to, to operate in the authority that God has given us. When Jesus returns, then we will rule and reign. No! It's in life. In this life, we're called to reign. We are called to reign in this life. Where do kings and kings rule in a kingdom? Where is the kingdom of heaven? Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near you. It's around you. So where is your kingdom that you're called to rule and reign? Right here. It's at hand. If you're wondering where your authority starts and begins, it starts and begins right here. Right here at hand. One of my heroes, uh, he calls this, these idea is this uh, prince and a pauper mentality. The, 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 the prince mentality being one, one that, is, that was born into royalty, born into, into the kingdom, into the kingship. If, uh, if you are born into, uh, into the kingdom, imagine you were born um, with, 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 they say, the golden spoon in the hand, right? It's like you're, everything is given to you. All you know is royal lifestyle. You would not have any problems believing that you're royalty and that you would act that way. Your language would, would, um, would reveal that you're royalty. Um, the way you treat other people would, would reveal that you're royalty. The way that you govern resources would, would reveal what you believe. But many of us, actually, we, didn't, we weren't born into royalty. We were born into, into, uh, into sin. We were born into families that were not encouraging us to be royal, 
to be full of, uh, of abundance. And in fact, I, I, I actually, I was born into kind of a middle class. Actually, I wouldn't even say that. I was born into poverty, a little bit of poverty. Um, my, mom, uh, my mom had uh, three of us. My, my dad, um, I love my dad. Great. We have a much better relationship, great relationship now. That, um, but when I was, uh, when I was born, um, uh, my, my, my father left my mother with three, three kids under the age of uh, uh, probably four and uh, so she was a single mom with three kids and really didn't have hardly anything. And she was just an amazing mom. She ended up uh, continuing school while her best friend helped uh, raise us at home. Um, I was homeschooled for many of those years. I, I honestly didn't, didn't have a, I had a great childhood that I remember and my sisters. But we grew up really not having a lot. Um, but to be real, I don't think I, I don't think kids recognize not having a lot. Um, but it was awesome. My mom ended up getting a master's degree with, uh, as a single mom of three kids, and, and she's just doing amazing stuff now. I just, I really honor my mom. Got remarried, I think, when I was, uh, uh, you know, about five to six. And um, just, just an amazing mom. My dad, he's, he's just doing awesome right now. I love him dearly. But, um, we, you know, growing up, I, I really had a very real identity of not having enough. I had, I had enough. I, I never wanted for food. I always had a place to live. And, but the reality is I had a, a mentality that there was never enough, um, that uh, we couldn't have everything we wanted. We could only have uh, the, the extra, the, the side, the, the, one of the, 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 the quotes I remember growing up with was, no mun, no fun. And so <laughs> I always had this idea that money was scarce and there was never enough for me. So I grew up very, I would say it's very easy for me to say, I grew up with a pauper mentality that, um, and my beliefs and my mindsets, even after I got saved, were still locked into this pauper mentality, this idea that was actually rooted in not enough, rooted in um, I'm not enough. Because if there's not enough, there must be a reason that I must not be enough. And, and a lot of us, we are still feeling that way. And you know what's comforting? It's comforting to think that, um, that God came to save us, but that we're still sinners and saved by grace. We're still um, just worms waiting to be sent to heaven uh, and to be glorified at, our final, at Jesus' coming. And that's comforting to us because it reminds us of, of who we once were. But, you know, Jesus didn't come back to keep us the way we were. He came us to pull us out of that, those old beliefs and old mindsets. You see, we're, we don't operate like royalty in society because we have a lack of knowledge. We don't understand what was done for us. We, we don't see ourselves the way he sees us. We don't see all that he has done to get us into this place of reigning. See, Christ, Christ did this unthinkable thing on the cross so that we wouldn't just get saved, but that we would reign. That we would reign in life by the one, Jesus Christ. You know, one of the one of the one of the reasons we get stuck in these pauper mentalities and, and is this idea. And any any time you worry about not having enough, so I think of this time right now. Let's just bring it into the, these these this season. We have um, we we have a a, a very real uh, a very real uh, plague right now, and that like everything's there's shortages of everything. I mean, you you can't help but think. Um, shortage when you go and there's not enough toilet paper of all things. Um, one of the things I'm surprised of, there's hardly any uh, flour or yeast. We literally tried to make bread. There was no yeast anywhere. 
Um, and so, I, you know, it's very easy to feel this feeling of lack. And the government is, is scrambling, trying to find ways to, to put money into people's hands and to help them um, get through this trial and this time. And so the, it's very easy to go back to a place of there's not enough. And what do we think of when not enough? We think of fear. I'm afraid there's not going to be enough. Um, and, and we're, you know, the... The disciples were afraid there wasn't enough when there was 5,000 people and, and they were, Jesus was teaching them and the disciples said, Jesus, send them ways so they can eat. There's not enough food. They need to go get some food. And Jesus says, ah, we will feed them. We have enough. And he took a couple, a couple fish and some loaves of bread and he gave thanks and he broke them and he multiplied them. See, Jesus, the d- disciples were coming with an understanding that there's not enough. And Jesus came with an understanding that there's always enough. See, royalty believes that there's always enough for every situation. See, a pauper will always see the world through the lens that there's not enough. A pauper sees the world through limitations. I can't do this. I'm not enough. They're enough. The situation's not enough. This country's not enough. This president's not enough. This, uh, the, the Republicans, the Democrats, they're all not enough. And, and so fear and lack come into our hearts. And when any time we have fear and lack in our hearts, perfect love is cast out. And there's no way we could expect ourselves to operate in faith and in life and in joy when we have all these things competing for our hearts. See, a pauper is born into insignificance. And, and the, the pauper mentality is, is replicated and built up and encouraged through our experiences that we've had of not having enough. See, we're taught that our circumstances and actions determine who we are. We may feel insignificant in these moments, so we believe we're insignificant. Well, you might feel alone at moments, at home, alone, isolated, it's quarantined, but you're never alone. You always have Jesus with you. You always have the Holy Spirit. The Father is with you. Heck, it's a crowd in your place right now. You got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But even if the world sees us, and, and, and even if somebody else were to speak into your life, and even if you read the word and you read it with all these abundant scriptures coming out of it, you will still believe that you're insignificant. See, we will continue to act in self-destructive ways as long as we don't believe that we're significant because we will want to try to stay in those comfortable places. It's not until Jesus comes in and and shakes you and gets you to believe how significant you really are, how valuable you are. It's not until you start to believe how amazing you are and that you are seated with the Father. See, it would be weird. I had this thought the other day as I'm preparing for this message. I want you to go in in your mind. I want you to imagine the royal king, the father, just any king. Just think about the father, a royal king on the throne right now. Just picture royal robes. There's just bling everywhere. There's gold. He's got the crown. He's looking very stately. And now there's a seat next to that person. I want you to picture a pauper sitting next to him, like a, like a, almost like a beggar wearing, you know, maybe wearing a, a ripped t-shirt. His hair's not, you know, not brushed. I'm using a, a boy for, for example. And, 
And I want you to look at this picture, and this is the king's son, and the king's son slouched because he doesn't think he's really needed in the moment. You know, there's, there's plenty of more important people that could be sitting next to the king um, than me. And, and I want you to imagine how that person would act, how that pauper, that beggar would act. That this beggar, he doesn't believe he's royalty, doesn't believe he's righteous before the king, spotless and holy. How do you think he would act. Do you think he would act awkward and uncomfortable? That he would be self-conscious and insecure. He would, he would only be thinking about himself, that this person next to the king, not believing he's royalty, all he'd be thinking about is how I'm not enough, and I hope nobody is looking at me right now. I hope they just look at him and not me because I'm not enough. And when this person gets up from that seat, how do you th- where do you think that person's going to go to? Do you think that person's going to go to prove something to the everybody else? Do you think the person is going to do destructive things? Is that person, or, is that, or is this pauper going to rule and reign with benevolence and with generosity? No. And so much, uh, we go through church and we read the scriptures and we, we look at this stuff and we hear that we're called to rule and reign. We hear that we're royalty, that we're amazing. And yet, when God gives us an idea, our first thought is, well, somebody else is already doing that. I don't, I don't need to do that. Or when God says, go talk to that person, our first thought is, they don't need to hear from me. No, th- I wouldn't have anything to say. I'm really nothing special. How quickly have, do you hear those voices, those, the, the accuser? Rod Williams says the accuser is like a parrot. It's like a, uh, they're just re- trying to repeat things from our past. How quickly do we hear these things, this old self, this old nature trying to, trying to convince you that you're not God's son, God's daughter. You're not the royal priest, the king that walks into Starbucks or Sprouts or Trader Joe's or, or Stater Brothers, wherever you go. That when you, imagine if you walked into Stater, into the grocery store, like you, know, like, like you were clothed with robes of righteousness and a, and a royal king on your, a crown on your head or a, or, a, or a tiara. Imagine if you walked in and you walked around all these people with face masks on, with fear in their eyes and emotionless faces because they're afraid to look at somebody. Imagine if you walked in there like a benevolent prince or princess, a ruler of the land, holding the scepter of the king in his stead, ruling for the father, the, the, the greatest, um, the, the, the greatest, the kindest father the world has ever known. And you begin to love people. Maybe you pay for the person's groceries behind you or maybe you just, you pull your mask down, you smile at them because, because you're royalty and you're, you know it's your job to care for the land. It's a totally different paradigm. And it's one that's really hard at times to break out of and into is this idea that my value is not determined by the way I think or feel or my past. My value is determined by who the artist says I am. Actually, your value is determined by what someone's willing to pay for you. And we know that Jesus paid an awful, awful lot for you. I'm going to go through some scriptures. 1 Peter 2.9. I'm just going to start to seat this in us through the word now. 1 Peter 2.9, that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's the Passion Translation. Let me read it again. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Listen to the words we're, t- we're hearing here. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, this is, this is why you're called to be a chosen priest. You're, you're called to be a royal priest of a holy nation because you're... It, listen, if you were a beggar, a pauper on the street and you said, Jesus is good, no one would want to listen to you. But if you stand up, with confidence knowing whose you are and who you are. And you say, listen, I'm declaring the praises of the one that wants to bring you out of darkness and into the light. Ephesians 2, 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you've been saved. Listen, don't get cocky and arrogant on me. Don't get prideful that you're some royal priest. Listen, you had nothing to do with this. (laughs) You, You couldn't make yourself a priest if you wanted to. It had to be from Jesus. It had to be through our humility of humbling ourselves and coming before him, knowing that we were in need of the king to save us. Verse six, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order, in order, think about this, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. You are his plan. He wants to show you off. He doesn't want to show off a bunch of um, sinners. He wants to show off a bunch of saints. Paul said it to us. To the saints that are about to be shown off. To you. He wants to show you off. Every day you wake up is a day that he wants to show you off to the world. That he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. He doesn't want to show your gifts off. He wants to show his gift through you expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not even from ourselves. You didn't even muster up enough faith to get saved. It was even not even your faith. It was his faith that he put in you so that there's no boasting. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Listen, if you ever walk around and you start to feel, I'm amazing, I'm amazing. You're not, but I am. You know really quickly that you have thinking a little too highly of yourselves. See, see, confidence, it, 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 arrogance, is, it, 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 pride is not thinking, um, it's not thinking highly of yourself. It's thinking of yourself too highly than, 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 than you ought to. It's thinking of yourselves too much. See, pride is, is not thinking, I am Christ's beloved. I am amazing. I am, I am a saint. I am a royal priesthood. Ah, I carry the scepter of the king. That's not pride. That's truth. It's when we lord it over people is when we've misused that truth and it turns into pride. Because now when, when you start to lord it over people, in that you become Lord and you're not the Lord. And so it's good to stay humble and recognize we don't direct each other, direct people to us, we direct them to Christ, we direct them to the Father. 
not by works so that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We've been created for good works. We've been created to, ro- to, to, to rule and reign. There's so much to this. And I, I, I believe we're going to, I don't want to keep, I, I want to spread this out a little bit. Too, too much in a message is, isn't wise. This could literally be, I mean, they've written books about this stuff. This could be five series in itself. But I wanted today, I wanted to lay the, work, the, the groundwork for this, that we are called to be rulers. We're called to be rulers. And if it's hard for you to kind of get your mind around that, listen, society, I've heard that society wants to, wants to condemn us and say, oh, you Christians, you think you'd have it all figured out. You think you're all prideful. But there's a reality that God gave us the keys of life. He put them in us through Christ that we actually are supposed to walk around with the solutions to the world. He's put ideas. Listen, if you don't believe that you, are a, that you are royalty, if you don't believe how amazing you are, your gift of creativity will always only rise to the level of who you believe you to be. If you, want, if God, if you think God's going to give you creative ideas while you think you're a worm crawling on the ground waiting for a Savior to come, you are mistaken. You're, the, the biggest sin that we could ever do, I believe, is to not think rightly of who we are. I really believe that every sin is birthed out of an identity crisis. Every sin is birthed out of, out, of a, out of a place of not knowing who you are, not knowing how amazing you are. If you knew, if you knew that you were clothed with the royal robe and a scepter and, 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 the, and, the, and the king's ring on your finger, you would think twice about tearing somebody else down. Why would you tear somebody else down when it, 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 people tear people down because they're insecure? People, people make fun of people because they need to somehow pump themselves up. But when you have a lofty understanding of how valuable you are, you don't seek to tear people down. You, you seek to bring them up. Jesus said it's not the sick it's not the well that need a doctor. It's the sick that need a doctor. And Jesus came as the physician. He came as the one that was going to heal people. And so Jesus was, not, was never intimidated by powerful people. He wasn't intimidated by the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He wasn't intimidated by the tax collectors. He wasn't intimidated by, by the Roman rulers. I remember he told Pilate, he says, no one takes my life from me. Jesus was able to operate in a confidence that we can be like, oh, we want to be like Jesus in this confident place. How did he get there? Because he knew that he was the son of the king. He was the son of the father. And he had no insecurities working around him. He had no poverty mindsets. He didn't walk around wondering what the solution to things. He walked around knowing, I am the solution. And when the, when the leper was, came up to them and everybody else said, get away, get away. And they would have, they would have, they would have, they would have yelled at, unclean, unclean. And they would have pushed him away as much as they can and ran from the from the, from the sickness, Jesus walked up to him and said, I, I, I'm willing to make you clean. See, when you have a pauper mentality, you're afraid of anything that might remind you that you're not, um, 
that you're not clean, that you're not powerful, that you're not wonderfully made. And th that kind of stuff scares you. But when you're a, when you're a priest and when you're a, when you're a prince and a king, you walk around looking for that which is not king because you're or clean because you're looking for the very things that you're called to do. And we're called to save the world. We're called to reach the lost. Everything in the commission is is designed to help others. The great, even the greatest commandment is love. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We're, yes, there's the self in there, which is the part that if you don't recognize to love yourself as a valuable son and daughter, you will never figure out how to love your neighbor well because you'll continually try to compete and compare yourself with that neighbor. You'll be afraid to build that neighbor up for fear that it'll mean you get brought down. And so loving your neighbor as yourself will only come out, will only work out for you if you recognize how valuable you are. And before long, you walk around trying to find ways to bring everybody else up around you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there because I wanna save some room for, for next week. And I wanna talk more about next week about what it looks like to now act out this this uh, this identity. What's it look like? What are the actions that um, that kings do? How do? What does a king do that a pauper does not? Um, well, I, th I believe we said this uh, uh, when I was preaching on servanthood a, a, a couple months ago, and I love it. I was thinking about it again as I was sharing this message. I was thinking about this message: is that kings they rule with the heart of a servant, but serve with the heart of a king. And so as, as priests and kings, as, as royal people, we're, we're not called to, to rule over people and lord it over people and keep them poor so that we can, we can be rich above everyone. But we're called to go low and serve with the heart of a king. But if you don't know how kings are supposed to act, if you don't know that we are a king, that we've been seated in heavenly places, um, that we've been raised up with Christ, that if you don't know this in, 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 in who you are, you will always look for excuses um, to not rise to certain occasions, to not look for solutions. You will always look excuses to compare yourself. You'll look for excuses to bring other people down. You'll look for excuses to critique everything around you. And I gotta tell you, I am so guilty sometimes of critiquing and um, I, I do it subconsciously. I don't even, I don't realize it. And the biggest problem with critiquing somebody else, it's kind of like when you point at somebody else and you point at people, you have three fingers pointing back at you. And, um, you know, and I want to pray for us today that, um, that God would, would open our hearts to this, that we're not just saints saved, that we're not just righteous people with a new nature, but, there weren't, we're, but our nature is to actually be rulers and royal priesthood, chosen ones, a holy nation, God's special possession. And that with that, there's a job, there's a role that we've been given. And our role is to, um, well, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are, ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. 
And so we are God's ambassadors. We are his royal priesthood. And so, Father, I, I just, uh, right now, just put your hand on your heart. Father, there's a, we're in a time right now where more than ever, we need leaders. We need leaders. And we don't just need leaders in Washington. We need leaders everywhere we look. We need leaders in our, in our, uh, in our businesses. We need leaders in our family. Some of you guys are parenting from a pauper mentality. You're worried there's not enough, and so you parent your kids as if there's not enough. Some of your marriages, your fights that you're getting into are from this place of there's not enough, and so fear creeps in, and it causes disputes. Father, you want to deliver us from this fear of not enough, this fear that we are not enough, God, I, I ask right now for every person here, would you speak to their hearts? Would you speak to their identity right now? And I want you to see yourself right now. Just close your eyes. And I want you to see yourself seated next to the king. However you look up and you see the king next to you. And I want you to see yourself with the robe on because he has given you a robe. I can't think of any king that would clothe his son or daughter in anything but the best. And much of our humility to not want to wear the best is because you're afraid what people will think of you. Well, I'll tell you one thing. God is not worried what to think of you. <laughs> he knows what he thinks about you. And he wants everything around you to point to what he says about you. And so he's not afraid to clothe you with majesty and clothe you with royalty. He's not afraid to put his ring on your finger. He's not afraid what people are going to think. He's hoping people will think that you're his ambassador, that you're his son and his daughter. He is hoping that people see us as the ones with solutions. So Father, right now I pray over every person that is in that can see and hear this message, God. I pray that they would get this realization in their heart. I pray that it would be knitted into their heart. I pray that it would become so situated and firm in their foundation, God, that when the enemy tries to come in and lie to them, that they would laugh and they would fix their crown or their TR. They would fix their robe and their ring and they would, they would fix it from being a little crooked and be like, oh, no, that's, that's a lie. The world needs what I have. I carry, I carry the identity and the DNA of the loving and benevolent king. And I have the solution to every place of fear that I see. I have the solution to every place of lack that I'm not called to wonder about my own provision, but I'm called to declare the provision of the king over the world. I'm called to speak to the places around me and I'm called to say arise and shine for the people have risen, for the sons and daughters of the king are rising up. And I pray that we would not stutter in those words. I pray that we would not waver or falter. And I pray that we would not apologize for the authority and for the dignity that God has put on us. I'm not worried about the moments when you have this. I want to speak to those moments when you don't believe it. 
And you hear the Father come in with tenderness and kindness and rebuke your small thinking. And so, Father, I pray that you would discipline your church. I pray that we, I pray that we would repent from small thinking. We would repent from our arguments, our petty arguments that are based on limits and lack. So, Father, I just, we love you. I bless your name. We bless your name. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen, you guys. Oh. I said I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to hold off on the offering and the tithe. Um, I, wanted, I want to take an offering right now, and I want to take the tithe right now. And, and, there, and I hope you're still with us, um, but I, I want to take the offering. I, you know, I, I'm actually really encouraged. Our community has done an amazing job of giving and being generous. And um, honestly, like I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody. I, I, would, I don't blame anybody for reducing any amount of giving, whatever they're giving to. And, um, it's, it's a real thing that um, we don't want to give what we don't have. God gives us seed to sow and bread to eat. And so if you're sowing your grocery money, um, it, it better be from the Lord because your grocery money is for you to eat. We don't go into debt we, to, to give. But I want to encourage you, um, if you can, keep sowing into, into, into people, into your future, into God. Um, into this church. This church, it's an amazing place for seed. Um, I actually had a really fun testimony I heard. Maybe it was from the Bible study we're on. But um, they said, you know, Pastor, I, 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 uh, I, I tithe. And I was getting really, I was really, I was really worried about money. But I just, you know, I was getting free. I could feel the fear rise up. But I did it anyway and I tithe. And in that moment, I felt the fear leave me. Um, and so I want to encourage you to give. Now today I want to take a special offering. Not, a, not, not two offerings, just want to take one offering. And, and I want to encourage you today, everything that will be given, every, anything, anything you tithe or give, um, uh, whether you give it to the Benevolence Fund or the Main Offering Fund, it doesn't matter. I want all, every dollar, every cent today um, will go towards our Benevolence Fund. And we are, um, we are gathering um, a spreadsheet of all the needs that our community has right now. And I wanna, it's, I want, we're just going to give it all away to you guys. And if you guys don't have any needs, we'll find somebody that does, all right? Um, and I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you with this. Um, everybody is, almost everybody that I've heard a couple of groups of people that are not getting a stimulus check. This, uh, I believe it's 1,200 something. I want to encourage you and challenge you to tithe your stimulus check, the 10% of that. So if it's 1,200, tithe 120, whatever. And I, I want to encourage you um, to do, um, honestly, to do what we would normally do. Um, we tithe off of our off of our income, off of our first fruits. The Lord blesses us with 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 money. He is our generosity. He is our provision, and we tithe off of our harvest. And we tithe off of the first part of our harvest. And so this is essentially part of the harvest. If you're given twelve hundred dollars. But here's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to do and challenge you, church. And so if this is hard, if this feels like, ah, this is my money, I want, you know, I want to encourage you, it's not your money. This is God's money. Every dollar, every cent, everything under this earth belongs to him. And, and so um, uh, honestly, as a church, I'm not even expecting to get any loans or grants from any organization. We haven't yet, and I'm not worried about it. The, the government is not our stability. It's not our savior. God is our savior. And in that, even still, 
Um, I, I want to do this. I want to just give big. Um, my family's doing this. I'm saving my tithe for today so I can give it all into the Benevolence Fund. I just want to encourage you, go big. If you have extra offering to give, let's do this. Let's just see how much we can give away as a church. Um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and we're not even close to our normal, normal tithe this month. So it's not that like we're all taken care of so it's going to work out. Like, listen, I'm, we're taking risk of faith here. And so I just want to invite you into this community um, to give to this benevolence fund. And if you're watching and you have a need, like you're worried you're not going to be able to pay rent next month because the money's going to run out uh, at the end of April. Um, I believe we're going to go back to work real soon. But if you have a real need, groceries, whatever it is, I want you to reach out. Help at presenceoc.org. There's a phone number um, that's on the, in the description. Um, let us know somehow. Uh, you can text or, I mean, email uh, penny at presenceoc.org. Heck, you can email me, jesse at presenceoc.org. But let us know what the needs are. Normally, I would have you stand up if you had a need. We put $100 bills in your hand, um, but we can't do that right now. Sad face. So anyway, I just want to, I want to challenge you on that. You can give below. Um, uh, there's a, a link for it. Um, if you're on your phones, you guys by now know how to do that. If you've never given, um, it's a... Uh, uh, Text the word PRESENCE to 77977, and you can give that way too. Um, but everything, every dollar, every cent goes into our Benevolence Fund. We're going to give it all away. I'm really excited to do this. Um, so anyway, we'll share the testimonies more of, how, of what comes from this, and let's just see what God does. Love you guys. You guys are amazing. You're fantastic. I, I, I wish I'd give you all hugs. Go do great things this week. Go find ways to get past these masks that are, they're good and they're helpful. I get it. But find ways to break, break out of them. Find ways to love people. Find ways to make them feel valuable and loved. Let's just kill this thing that the enemy is trying to put in front of us. Let us arise and shine. Um, that's all I got. We got the Zoom parties right after this. Um, we'll leave the, the stream running for a few more minutes so you can catch up on some of those links in the, uh, in the description. That's where the Zoom links are. So love you guys. Bless you. Have a great Sunday, and I'll see you next week. We've got lots going on. We've got Bible studies on Wednesdays. Uh, Tiffany is going to be leading worship on Thursday night. It's glorious. Um, you can just kind of just really just raise your heart into prayer and worship that night. So I'll see you guys later. Have an amazing Sunday. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.